Matchroom Radio with David Diamante, and we are here in beautiful London, England. It's beautiful today. Wonderful day. It's a wonderful day. Best we got day so far. Best day so far. And um, we got a real Londoner himself, Mark Tibbs, here with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to see you, my brother. Thank you, David. It's been a, it's a, it's an absolute pleasure to sit on a cycle with you and, and chat to you. We've done it many times or a couple of times in, in Leeds. Yeah. You took me to that uh, fantastic pub. Oh, wow, yeah. We drank some owl and uh, ate great food. Do you remember that? I really do, yeah. I've, I always have such a great time hanging out with you during fight week. Thank you. You're one of those guys that, um, I don't know, you just, you know, you, you're a, a real fighting man, a real boxing man. Thank you. And you're always a gentleman. And you always, um, you take it very serious, which I appreciate. Because um, it's a serious sport. Of course it is, yeah. And and you under, you understand that maybe more than a lot of people. I do take my uh, my work serious, and uh, I need to relax a little bit and enjoy it. My wife says. <laughs> Hopefully that's what this is. <laughs> and uh, it's it's uh, you know I take boxing seriously. I mean I've done it since I was six year old, and uh, and winning is important to me. And mm. as you know, winning was important to me myself as a as a young fighter, amateur fighter, professional fighter. And, uh, uh, and the clients and, uh, and professional boxers are trained. We're trained to win in the most safest possible fashion whatsoever. Yeah. The gym, it's called the Peacock, yeah? Well, I started, uh, I had worked out at the Peacock for many, many years in Canyon Town. And, you know, many years. Uh, I turned professional when I was like 18 year old and uh, I trained, I trained, I trained at the West Ham Boxing Club, Club in Plaster in uh, E13. And then uh, I was there for some time. And then, uh, then, 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 then I moved to the Peacock Gym in Canning Town. It's a real good, close-knit family. I still communicate with them now. And uh, yeah, I've trained there, I've got for, oh, it seems like all my life. It's, you know, it's a, it was a, a real family gym. I want to talk about the jump from West Ham to Repton or Peacock. Yeah. You talk about how when you're at West Ham, which your dad, your dad trained there also. Yeah. And again, we, we must say for the, for the people out here, the audience, you come from a, a legendary family, a legendary fighting family out of the East End of London. And, um, but when you first started boxing out of the West Ham, you know, you didn't know how strong you were and you were just kind of a straight ahead. Yeah. But when you got to, to the other gym, you learn to move and slip and stuff like that. What are some other changes between the gyms that, that you found? Well, what I noticed, uh, David, in my early 20s, I started to watch footage of, uh, of myself as an amateur because I didn't watch none of it, to tell the truth. I just, uh, just was on to the next, you know what I mean? And as I watched uh, my, my style as a West Ham fighter, I was strong and I was upright. Uh, I had no head movement. But then uh, my father switched me to uh, to Repton Boxing Club, and the day he took me into Repton Boxing Club, in uh, I must have been about, you know, 15, 16 years of age by then. Might have been 12 actually. And uh, a guy called George Oddwell, uh, a coach there, he got me my head sitting behind my knee, my front knee, sitting back a little bit. It felt odd at first, but I went with it, and I thought. And basically, I learned a box, I learned my craft, I learned not to get it. Whereas, uh, yeah, you know, so, so I feel that, you know, West Ham was very, very good to me. I, I won titles there, but I won most of my titles at Repton and learned my craft at Repton. 
probably because I was coming into my teens and young 20s, like, if you know what I mean. When you find as a trainer, how, what's, the, what's the criteria for you to take on a fighter? Well, you know, I like to, uh, to feel a connection, a rapport. Uh, when you give an instruction, it's interesting to see uh, not everyone takes it on board straight away you know, straight away. But if I feel I can work with them, I'm very patient and I want to bring the best out of them. You yeah. know what I mean? Regardless of their, 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 where their head is, you know what I mean? We've got, to, we've got to have a calm, strong mind when you're in a championship fight. You know what I mean? And uh, so I look for, I look for, I look for communication and, uh, and, and, how they adapt to instructions and uh, adapt to pressure uh, and things like that. Yeah. How was it for you? You talk about this new style when you were when you were younger, and it was difficult at first. How long does it? Did you find that it took before something kind of became second nature? Well, I never ever noticed it until I was like in my thirties when I, when I said that. I looked at me. Uh, <laughs> I looked at me footage and um, me footage, and uh, I started to look. I went, wow. Now. I understand where, and I know where I learned my craft. You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically, you know, I worked behind the jab, and a small part of me fought, fought, a small part of me fought, perhaps my trainer at Repton, George, George Odwell, got me to do that because I, I weren't very powerful. But, uh, but you know, the art of boxing is to hit and not be hit. That's right. And uh, I had, uh, I had, uh, I used to have good success. I had great success as an amateur boxer uh, at Repton Boxing Club. I went to uh, the multi Asians twice. I won a gold and a silver there, and I uh, won, you know, endless titles there. It was really, really. Uh, I just felt like it was my schooling. To the truth, it was, uh, yeah. And and not just that, quite a pro career, really quite a pro career. But at a young age, you took a break and you stopped, and then that was it. Can you tell us about that? Why'd you step away? Do you know something? Uh, actually, David, I thought to myself, I want to take one year out. I made up my mind. I never discussed it with anyone around me. I thought I'd take a year out. And and what did you in your mind? Yeah. Like, what did you think you were going to do? Like, how? Like, what was in Mark's mind? Was he like, you know, I'm going to go travel the world, or I'm going to go? Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted a. I wanted a breather. I wanted a breather from. Uh, from the constant pressure yeah. of expectations. Yes. From, uh, then, now, from yourself or from your pops? Uh, Both? Pro probably probably everything. Probably everything. I just needed to... Remember that I was 25, 25 years of age, coming into really, like, mature, actually. Actually, I was I was trained at the Thompson Beckett in, uh, in South London, actually, with a guy called Dean Powell at the time. And that's where I used to pr prepare for my, my fights. And I... Although I'm an East Londoner, <laughs> my, my East Londoner boys are not going to like me for this, but I had my, my best pro days uh, training-wise at the uh, at the uh, at the uh, Thomas Beckett. But that's probably because I was starting to mature. I turned professional when I was 18 years of age. Do you know what I mean? Uh. And uh, looking back, uh, I wasn't mature, strong, mature, you know, bodily strong, but I was I was skillful. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And getting back to when I when I took a year out. Um, yeah, I just meant to take a year out and I did go traveling and uh, no matter where I trained, uh, sorry, no matter where I traveled, 
I always trained and ticked over. I've been in some lovely gyms, uh, fantastic gyms in Australia, in America, Spain, and uh, yeah, and, 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 but I ticked over all my life. But before I knew where I was, 10 years flew like that. It happens, folks Ten listening. Years. Folks years. out there listening. 10 years. It happens. Just flew by, man. Man, it goes quick. And do you know what happens? I was, I was in the Pico gym actually, and uh, I was, um, I was 35 years old, moving people around, just thinking my youth is never, ever gonna go anywhere. Yeah, you, you think know? you're gonna be young forever. You're young forever. Invincible. Yeah, you think you're invincible, think you're young forever. Anyway, I should spar some young up and coming prospects, professionals. Yeah. And, and I was mature, I thought, yeah, one day, one day, I'm gonna ring one of the promoters up. Right, 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 right. I'm, right. I'm 35 years of age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know it's a saying? young man's game. And then I, then I sparred a, a very good prospect, uh, a school dinner. I let him know who yeah, was boss. Sure. Then he went to me. Let's do that again Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we've done it again Wednesday, and he stepped it up, and I felt his youth. Yeah. Me? I was about 35, 38. That's when you knew. That was when. That was like losing somebody. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Was, I don't want to think about it too much because I'm quite an emotional. I don't want to start crying. <laughs> no tears. <laughs> but it was like losing someone. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, that's deep. And wh I mean, at that moment, like, how did you? How did you get into the into the training part? Because your pops, your pops. This is you know, from yeah. what I understand, when he got out you know doing his bid yeah he wanted to get back into the game the board wouldn't sanction him terry lawless had him hey hold these mitts for me for a bit and yeah. the fighters yeah pulled your dad into the yeah. game yeah and yeah. They, they wanted him to be a trainer that's how he got into it yeah but as far as you on the training and how did you get into it well how i got into it was uh you know i always gave advice why my dad my dad my dad's as you say he's been a buck i've looked up to my dad always loved being in boxing all his life he was in the scrap business and then you know he come out of jail and then he got into the boxing business gone along with Terry Lawless. And uh, yeah, and he trained a, a team of fighters at the uh, Royal Oak in Canning Town. And, um, and how I got into it was, how I got into training, sorry, how I got into training. Well, I always was there to give a hand to, you know, I was su always made weight as an amateur. Yep. I always had to cut weight, cut sure. weight. So my dad was training fighters. And he always says to all these prospects, all these champions of fighters, Go and see Mark. He'll tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, 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 I was in the gym, always hanging about the gym at, at the Peacock Gym. I always uh, used to go right. How heavy are you? They go seven pound over. How long you got? Right. This is what I do. Trim your portions. Do boom, Do this. Do that. Yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. Trim your. It was easy for me. It was yeah. So easy. It was one of those things you yeah. just you knew how to do. But they'd never give me credit for that. Actually, right. it just said, kept sending more. He probably me. does. Your dad's really proud of you. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I used to... He probably I, just doesn't tell you. No, exactly. But I'm just learning about him now. <laughs> right, right, to you. right, right. So actually, um, that's what I used to do. I used to... Uh, I used to go, yeah, uh, say, for for instance, whoever the fighters was. So I go, yeah, come here. This is what I do. Bum, 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 bum. Anyway, and then that was it. And he always just send fighters over to me. This and that, this and that. And one day, um, one day, I guess I was in my uh, mid-30s, late-30s, and uh, Billy Joe Saunders come in yep. and uh, had a meeting with my father to, uh, with the possibilities of training him. And uh, he ended up training Billy Joe. And and I was when I saw Billy Joe, I knew what he was all about. You know, it was easy for me to smell and see what I was, what I was looking at. Yeah. 
And because I was, although I'm old school, I'm a bit new school than my father. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So I said, Dad, I'm going to help you with his... Let uh, me take him on. ...with his conditioning and uh, with his advice on fueling, etc. That's how I become serious about into my boxing training. But getting back to that, David, when I when I was about 28 years old, you'd have to check with the Bulls Patrol here, but I had a trainer's license from, from, from when I was 28. Mm. I got one, and I used to help me father on, on bits and pieces. But, um, yeah, I took it up seriously when my dad... Uh, was employed by B. Joe Saunders, and he, uh, my dad took him from uh, Southern Area to World Champion. Yeah, and you know he always said B. J. Saunders is one of those guys. He has the talent, but he's got to live the life. Yeah, don't do what I did. Yeah, because your yeah. pops had that talent, but he didn't live the life. Yeah, because like you, he thought he could. He had it forever. He could do whatever. Yeah, and he and he talks about regretting that. Yes, because he could have gone even farther than he did. You're talking about boxing. My dad or... Your dad, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my dad got in a bit of trouble and uh, and that had disrupted the whole family and sure. uh, his career. And yeah, so it was unfortunate that way. Yeah. What I mean, look, for the people that don't know out there, and this has all been documented. Yeah. They say East London in the 70s was like Chicago in the 20s, <laughs> right? And, you know, whether you're talking about the Craze or the Nicholsons or, or, you know, the Tibbs family. These are all very famous families in this area. And a lot of things happened. And I know that must have been tough for you coming up because you were very young. Yeah. I mean, you, you were what, two years old or something right. like that when, when your I, pops went away? I was two. Me, 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 me brother was four. And uh, a lot of crazy stuff back then. And it must have been really tough for your mom, Claudette. I find out to talk about it, so yeah. You don't have to talk about it. It's okay, but it just, you know, it's it's part of, um, I guess, the history that's there. And see, 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 what it is, David. See, my dad and uh, my dad and all that family, just a normal people. Yeah. Normal, normal people. But my understanding of it, I've never speak to my dad about what went on, so He never tells me. I, you know. You spoke about it, bits and pieces, but you know, my dad was uh, uh, and his dad were just—they—they they was in in the scrap business, yeah. And they was uh, and they won't be pushed around, basically. Right. And that—that uh, yeah. was that was, uh, that was all it was. It. My, my dad was uh, my, my my grandfather got fifteen years for nothing, and you know, because of the because what I understand was because of what was going on in the East End, like you said, it was like the Chicago. I think they drama dramatized it and made a. You know, made a made a stand like I don't know why they did what they did the authorities, but you know it was probably getting out of hand. Yeah. As I as I as I am aware, and I, I know I know all these families and, and and their sons now, and you know, and talking to my own family, you know, we are just normal normal people, but you know, we, we just good people stand up for ourselves, and and that 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 was that that was all it all it was, but. Uh, as I say, my grandfather got 15 years for nothing. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. I think for some people, they, they, they glamorize some of this stuff. But for you, this is your life. Yeah. And people don't realize that. Yeah. This is your life. This is your family. Well, school was pretty difficult for me and my brother. Um, you know, we never moaned or groaned, but, you know, I could talk about things, but 
we just have to get on with it. We've got yeah. all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's difficult. It's difficult, Dave, for me to talk about it and go there's, back there. But there's a lot of great stuff that happened back then, too. Like yeah. your pops sparring with Muhammad Ali yeah. and knocking him down. Yeah. Whether yeah. it was, you know, Ali, because your dad, he, he's, first of all, your dad's a, I, I'm a huge fan of your pops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of your dad. And, and, um, he's very humble. Your dad's yeah. a humble man. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, um, so he, he claims that, you know, I didn't really even hit him. So maybe he didn't. I don't know. I wasn't there, right? This yeah. is before my time. But Ali went down regardless, and there's a picture of it. This is when Ali was over to fight Henry Cooper. Yeah. And your dad fought on the undercard of that fight. That's correct, yeah. You, for, yeah. And that, and that picture, that picture, there's a great picture of your pop standing over Ali. Yeah. And that, I, from what I understand, it was the very, it made the, the New York Times sports page, but that was the very first time a British fighter had ever made the New York Times sports page like that. No, he's good. He's, he's very proud of that. I think... Uh, he says it, Mark. He says I was. Uh, he was working in the yard at the time for his dad in the scrapyard. <laughs> he got, gets a phone call from uh, must have been Terry Lawless. Uh, get over to White City. That's it. Yeah. To uh, to you, you're moving around with. Uh, We're gonna have a spar. Yeah. With Ali. He says when I got in there, uh, he tell you himself, but it's funny when he, when he tells you. But he said <laughs> I shaked up. He said and uh, he said I only threw a jab. Next thing he's on the floor. But you know, right. It was all publicity. Yeah. Again, your your pops is yeah. very humble. Maybe he did hit him. Maybe he did. Who knows? <laughs> nah, nah. But. Yeah. <laughs> But either way, that's a it's got to be a great moment. It's something yeah. you got to be really proud of. Very proud. You know, of you got to take the bitter with the sweet. So you know, the tough times and good times yeah. also. Yeah. You know, and and you and your dad. I mean, you know, I I have stuff with my dad, but you know, I know you guys have not always seen seen eye to eye on things. However, mm. when you guys are in the corner together, when he was in yeah. your corner, you did. Yes. No, we uh we we cl we used to clash like any father and a son. But when we're working together, we're like um, telepathic. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Bang. We just we you know we very rarely don't get the job done, but we right. you know, we, we we get jobs, we get work done. We understand boxing, you know. And uh, my dad is a very very um, intuitive uh, around boxing of boxers and sure. around, around human beings because I guess of his life, you know what I mean, and the people he's been around. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so let's talk about, and you know, you talk about standing up for yourself. I mean, there's a great moment that I'm sure it's not, well, when I say great moment, I don't, it was not a great moment. It was a, yeah. a low moment, but the press conference of Dillian White, Derek Chisora. Yeah. And you were on the dais. You were at the top table. There was, uh, I think, uh, Adam Smith, Eddie Hearn. Yeah. Uh, Callie Sauerland and Derek Chisora. And Dillian. And Dillian White. <laughs> On your on your right was Dillian, yeah. or on yeah, on yeah. your right but stage left was Dillian, and the table came. Yeah, but if you watch that video, it's funny. You know, this was about what six years ago, something like that. It feels a lifetime away, but it wasn't too long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah about six and years. You know ago. what? I, when I Dave, sort of cut you off. Yeah, there. go ahead. Go ahead. You know, there are moments. There are moments when I think to myself, "Why did I do what I did?" But what it was, it was the actual act. I wasn't aware. And I was I was a little pumped for this fight because oh no quite quite yeah this was a, yeah it was a great fight and the second one it also was a good fight and, and I was hearing a lot of uh, bad beef between Dillian and and Derek yeah and uh, and then the table come over and the table come over and yollering and hooting and I'm seeing me giving it back to Derek because I felt defensive of Dillian of course but um but 
I was concerned for Adam because that table come over. Oh yeah, I think all... Adam was also and, concerned for Adam. And Eddie, Eddie, <laughs> got, Eddie guided it with his long levers. Well, he Eddie got... tried to stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Callie did. Callie looked yeah. like he was worried about. Callie was like, do you know, do you know what? And... I, I had a lot of money. I was more worried about the ticket money. I had a bag of ticket money. I've never sold so many tickets in my life. Yeah, I didn't want to lose that. I swear, I didn't need to, I didn't need to be owing that, if you get me. But you know what? Look, listen, I don't have to tell you, you, you're a pro fighter and you come from a fighting family. When you get hit, you want to give it back and you want to give it back twice as good. Well, and, listen. And, and, and whether, that's, whether that's in the ring or the street, it's what it is. Yeah. But you're a fighter, you're a fighter. Yeah. And, you know, your reaction was to, to react. And you, you were pretty much the only one that reacted uh, in an aggressive way back. Dillian, Dillian just said that he was super calm. He was super calm. He didn't even move. He was, he was. He didn't he was. even move. But let me, tell you, let me tell you something about this. That, so that all kicked off and it went, it went ballistic. I think the show did well over that and that was real. It was a great fight too. Anyway, it was a great fight, a real touch and go fight. But three weeks later, I got an invitation to, um, to uh, the West Ham ground, the new West Ham ground, to watch uh, the Stones, Rolling Stones, who I'm a big fan of, you know. Yeah. And anyway, so, so, so we're lining up, my friend's lining up to get his ticket that we was, uh, was given. And um, that, sorry, that, yeah, we was invited there. Anyway, cut a long story short, I've looked, I'm all excited. I've had a couple of beers getting ready for the... Uh, Erding, uh, Mick Jagger or whoever it is on the guitar warming up, yeah. Uh, Mick Keith, but yeah. Right. They get going. All of a sudden, I went like, I looked round, Derek Chisora's running at me. He's running at me. That's since, since the, he was running at me, but all of a sudden, I, saw, I went, Derek, he high fived me and we were as good as gold. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> this is yeah, boxing, right? I thought he was going to kill me. This is boxing, right? <laughs> yeah, but he was lovely. And to, to be honest with you, I took my old team of fighters a few months ago. Uh, to Derek's gym where he trains and uh, we've got sparring over there for Johnny Fisher actually Johnny Fisher uh, he sparred with Derek he sparred with Derek how did he fare yeah he, he done well it was a couple of you know couple of fights ago now a couple of fights ago we've done some sparring over there we went back there twice Shit. let's talk about Johnny for a second let's talk about your stable but we'll be doing Johnny because that's why you're here this week yeah so we have a world title triple header co-main event Johnny Fisher the Romford Bull yeah um lovely guy um we all know he doesn't have a big amateur background, but he's very exciting. And how's he progressing? How, how did the spar go with Derek? And, and, and well, tell us about it. Since, since, Der- since the spar with Derek, he's been in with numerous guys that have been very good for him, uh, sparring-wise. And, uh, and I feel he's, he's measured. He's going to be calculated, calm. He understands that... Uh, we can't just rush in with our face. Sure. We ain't going to go far. Yeah. We want to win titles. We want to get yeah. ready for title, yeah. title contention. So so he's got a southpaw on Saturday night, and uh, it's given something to think about. There's, there's an approach to how you fight a southpaw. It's, you know, to boxing people, it's not hard. But um, he's, uh, he's thought about it, he's worked on it, and he's going to look good Saturday night. So I was going to ask you about that, because Emilio Salas is a southpaw, Puerto Rican fighter. Is that why you chose him? Well, it was a it was a team collaboration uh, while we're fighting this guy Emilio Salas, and and he's been around the gym as you can tell. He knows how to he knows how to carry himself in the gym. He knows how to uh, sorry in the ring. He knows how to uh, he, he knows how to move. He knows yeah, how to, he, he knows, knows his way around the ring. He knows his way around the ring. He's with, and he's trained with Marco. He's a great trainer. Yeah. Great trainer yeah. from from the Bronx. I've yeah. known Marco for. Long, long yeah. time. Great, yeah. great guy. Yeah. He used to have a great stable. He's had yeah. some of the best fighters coming out of New York. Yeah. 
No, you can tell. You can tell when someone's lived it. Yeah. You know I mean, so so we, we've done our own work. We're ready now. Johnny's ready, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good fight. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in action, and you know, he's got such a great fan base. It's yes. unbelievable, yes. and his pops has become quite famous in his own right. Quite famous. He's more famous than Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I got to say, I there's something about watching Big John order yeah. Chinese food. Yeah, I just, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It warms my heart, man. Yeah. If I'm yeah. having a bad day, I can. Well, every time I, I watch him uh, talk about Chinese, I want to ring out one, ring out one for myself. <laughs> I tell you, it, it, it makes me hungry, man. I love it. So also, um, John Hedges, John, John J. Hedges. Hedges. John Hedges, after his last fight, was uh, I believe it was at the O2 on the Anthony Joshua card. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he had a bit of a problem with his hand. Yeah. He's uh, he's gone to see a guy in Manchester who a few of my fighters go and see, and he does a great job. Fixed his hand for him, and uh, John Hedges is going to be a great boxer, you know, really, really super talented naturally. Do you know what I mean? Long as he lives the life. Got to live the life. Got to live he's the young. life. He's, he's young. young. He's young. He's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you know what I'm saying, so he's got to live the life. Yeah, that's but right. If he lives the life, he's got a big chance of going a very, very long way. John Edges. Always put him, always put him, you know, the likes of Tyson Fury. I think he was better than Tyson Fury. At that age. When he was yeah. his age. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's got the reach. It's all there. The, the, the instinctive boxability, yeah. the cuteness. He knows how to not get it. Yeah. And he's got to get a little bit more offensive, and he will do, and he is. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of uh, long reach and tall guys, because John Hedges is tall, you got a really tall fighter fighting tonight, cruiserweight, right? I have. Uh, Tommy Fletcher, he's, uh, he's fighting tonight at York Hall. I think yeah. he's his uh, fifth or sixth professional fight, sixth rounder. Massive, massive puncher with both hands, either hand. Yeah. He's like that. He's like that. He's just on the border of 14-4, which is cruiserweight. Yeah. He's only 21 years of age. So when he thickens out, and he is starting to thicken out, massive puncher. Done some real damage in our gym and yeah. around the gyms. Not on purpose. Yeah. Sparring. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good fighter. Another one, as long as he lives the life, he's got a very bright future. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see uh, more stuff from him in the, in the yeah. future. Now, also something that I don't want to... You know, but um, Ebony Bridges. Yeah. I've heard some some rumors. Are you guys... Uh... Well, do you know what? Um, Ebony Bridges uh, had a great journey with Ebony Bridges. Uh, you know, I think, I think, um, I'm pretty sure we had a meeting in a, in a, in a cafe in, um, in Brentwood. No, Bill Ricky, she lives in Brickwood. Yeah. Bill Ricky, it's called Queenies, ironically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen of Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we had a um, we had a meeting, and she's uh, we had a discussion, and she loves uh, she loves she's, she's in love with the North. Even when she, she even when she moved to Brentwood, she spoke very fondly of uh, of Leeds. Yeah, that's her her, her adopted home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She got the tattoo, even. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. So, so I think uh, she, 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 we had a great journey. As in, I'm not saying it's over. I think we're going to speak today. I think, but um, you know, I'm not silly, and you know, she's she's got a life. She's a young lady, and she's. I'm very glad that we won the world title together. Yes. Yeah, and uh, we've done it in good fashion. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, and we and we um we defended it, in brilliant fashion. Yeah. Against uh, Shannon O'Connell. Shannon O'Connell. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite a that was quite a night. Uh, was I won't a, forget that, that, that night. A lot of that, 
It was a lot of there was a lot of oh, uh, yeah. a lot of spit going back and forth. So I a lot think of uh, I think because uh, after her last fight with uh, with Shannon, she uh, she obviously she had a hand operation as well with with Mike Hayton, and uh, she done some traveling again. She went to America back to see Brian and Kaylee, yeah. who were very good for sure for uh, for for Ebony. And she spent a week or so over there with her, and then obviously we've had a meet and think she's uh she's going to move to to North like North of England. So she really likes yeah, it. I'm, I'm very I'm very quite disappointed. Not disappointed. I'm very like Ebony's always welcome in my gym in my house. Yeah, yeah. Lovely girl. Sure. Lovely lady. Hard girl. Hard yeah. girl. Good fire. Good uh strong fire. And uh I love working with her because of uh, that. She's uh, got the heart. Yeah. Heart. Yeah. Yeah, so so I think uh, you can't you sure. can't you can't train the heart. That's either there no, or it's not. Yeah, listen, the heart's there. It's not. She like all champions. Yeah, all champions. They've got it. What is it? We don't know. They've yeah, got it. But it's it. It's yeah. it. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Speaking of another champion that you just spoke of, Kaylee Reese uh, and and Brian, obviously Kaylee is doing this great stuff with the the TV and movies. Yeah. yeah. But you had a you had a. Uh, a stint in that also with Ron Peck films and yeah, tell yeah. us about that fighters and 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 other films that you were in. Well, you know what? It was all a bit. It was all a bit by accident, really. I had a um, I, when I was fighting, I used to go to Steam Bath, yeah, along with our other fighters. Uh, I can, can't think of them off me up, off me brain, but you know, some good fighters I used to train with as a professional and that. And some fella come up to us and ask us if we, if we wanted to be in films. He was like, yeah. That's a little strange in a steam bath. And another guy coming up to you asking if you want to be in a film. I said the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, cut long story short, it wasn't Ron Peck. He was an associate of Ron Peck. But Ron Peck sadly died recently. I don't want to talk about that either because I get emotional. Yeah. Lovely guy. Beautiful spirit. Lovely person. Yeah. Lovely, lovely person. And uh, mate, he, he, he wasn't a... East Ender, but he moved to Bethnal Green on the Bethnal Green Road. He yeah. loved East Enders. Yeah. And he had he had a wide range of friends from all sorts of oh, lovely, lovely guy. I walked past his road. I walked past his house, sorry, his flat the other day in, in Bethnal Green. Yeah. I went up to the bicycle shop, you know, to get a, a salt beef bicycle with mustard. Oh, I, 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 which which one you go with on the right or the left? The right. That's my <laughs> that's my spot, bro. That's my yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the right. I go yeah. on the right, yeah. yeah. So anyway, as I, as I, as I was walking back, I love a salt beef. I was walking back with some young guys. Yeah. yeah after um, after a, what was I doing up there? I was at um, I might have been at York Hall again boxing. Yeah. But we we we, we grabbed a bicycle and on the way back I looked up at Ron's flat because he's only died like months ago. Yeah. I looked up the flat that I've been going to for thirty years that we went there to talk about films and he was a film fanatic. He yeah. was a film director. Sure. And like. Oh, he was a friend of ours, as in our family, my parents, yeah. my friends, my boxer friendly families. Yeah. And anyway, when I walked past his flat, I saw a party going and they were young guys. I was choked and gutted. But I couldn't talk to to about it because the people I was with wouldn't have understood they, it. They wouldn't have understood. But Ron was a nice guy. We'd done a couple of films with him, documentaries and that, but he made a good film called Fighters. Could never watch it up until like, I was mid thirties. Yeah. Because I don't like hearing my own voice. <laughs> Or watching yourself, but uh, yeah, lovely, lovely guy, Ron Peck. But uh, fighters. that must have been you must have been made up for, about that. Yeah, at I the was. Time. Oh, at the time it was great, mate. Because it was great, uh, great uh, debut. Because uh, my dad, uh, my dad, my dad ended up. Uh, Will Will had a good part in it, 
We've done another thing called Real Money. Yeah, the the, the gangster. Real, real Money, real, real but gangster I can't watch that either. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, but it was all fun and it was all good. But when I look back now, that was, when I look back now, that was the first fly-on-the-wall stuff, although it was drama. Yeah, right, up. but back in the day, it really yeah. was cutting edge. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, was. cutting edge kind of stuff. It got good reviews, the film... Um, uh, fighters did and uh, Real Money's always lovely to watch all our all our elders love to watch that because they like to hear the Cockney accent which yeah. is quite rare Apples and pears so yeah well we, we you know I've never told Cockney rhyming slang never <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of back in the day though I mean and just to go back to your pops for a second I mean yeah. you must have grown up growing up I mean being around Nigel Ben yeah being around Frank Bruno, absolutely. Being around Nas, being yeah. around—I mean, I mean, your dad was with, with with the Dark Destroyer for seven fights, yeah, undefeated in all of them, yeah. Defended his his world title, yeah, uh, all those times. I mean, he did just some great time. Lloyd Hunnigan, uh, Lloyd Hunnigan, yeah, great fighters. Well, I mean, do, what are some of those memories? What 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 must have that have been yeah. like? Well, well, listen, like they come to my house when I was a young teenager. They slept. I went to a. You know, I, I went to uh, Frank Bruno. I was around Frank Bruno and um, Lloyd Hannigan. I was in the Royal Oak very, 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 very often. And it used to be that gym was like, it was a real small gym at first, but it was 90 degrees. It was like a fight factory. Yeah. And it was churning out champions and yeah. champions upon champions. But Jimmy McDonald, the end, it's, it's endless. The uh, My dad trained Baron McWigan. Absolutely. Uh, he trained loads. Chris Pyatt. Chris Pyatt, man. Chris Pyatt, uh, world champion. Trained lots of lots of world champions and, and good fighters. And I mean, the list is, the list is a who's yeah. who. It's a yeah. who's who. I mean, even I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you know the story, but your dad talks about. There's a great story where he says he went up and and uh, Naz asked him to hold the pads. You, yeah. you know the story? Yeah, the peacock. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 so like Naz is going and he's it's hitting the pads and your pops is like, damn. Like yeah, he just keeps yeah, going, yeah, yeah. but your dad didn't want to quit. Didn't want to quit. So no. he keeps going. So he's like wondering how long can this guy yeah, go? Yeah. He's like, surely he can't keep going. Complete 12 rounds, keeps going. And your dad's just dying, but he's knocking. Yeah, your yeah. dad won't say anything. Finally, after round 13, Naz is like, my God, like, yeah, wow. You're, yeah. you know, and your dad was like, thank the Lord. I remember, I remember Naz, I remember Naz coming <laughs> into the gym. And yeah. uh, he looked me up and down like that. He looked me up and down that. He went, where's dad? Oh, when he's down there. <laughs> And then I didn't watch him do the pass, but I heard about it. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, done, I've just done 30 rounds with him. It's a great imagine, story. Can you imagine what we said. I've just done 30 rounds with that. Bum, 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 bum. Over the years, what, I mean, in the East End especially, how have things changed? What's it like? I mean, tonight you're going to be, you'll be there. You're in Bethel Green. Yeah. You recall the, the legendary spot. Yeah. For me, one of the best places in the world to watch a fight. Um, what, the, what pl that, the memories that that place must hold for you. And what's, but just the whole, change of it what's it like for you now yeah well listen look, what are the kind of changes the changes uh you know it ain't just the east end you know we have to we have to evolve and move on everyone evolves and moves on uh people change uh people get wired differently yeah yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean it's a it's a generational thing i guess you know what i mean but it's lovely to go back to uh to bethel green and to and to um, all them areas, and I, I actually grew up in a canning town in East Ham. Yeah, and they've trained; they've changed tremendously. I mean, it, talking about Ebony Bridges when she first come to uh, to, to here in the UK and set set up in um, in Brentwood, 
she uh, I had to drop her back from our gym, from from the Origin gym in Raynham, one one day, and she went, oh, I'm standing, I'm standing, um, I'm standing at the uh, Victoria Dock because I thought that's where you trained at the Peacock. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah. so I ended up driving her back to uh, Canning Town, and uh, I had been there for like two or three years, which weren't ain't long really, because I moved out to Essex myself. But when I drove her back there. I thought I was in in a in a whole new world. Yeah, different different flats. And but she was in the. Uh, I dropped her back to the uh, Victoria Dock in the Crown Plaza, and um, it just all looked different. Totally different. Totally different. But listen, you have to evolve and you have to move on. Then yeah. things are going to change. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're about New York. Tell me about New York. Is New York changed? Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. Go. New York is like a New York is like a um, an ever changing, breathing organism. Yeah. It yeah. really is. It, it always changes. And sometimes you go down a block and you're like, what? That wasn't. Yeah. They'll put stuff up like overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never, ever been to New York. I long to go there. No, you got to come. Yeah, I've never been. I'm surprised by that, but you got to yeah. come. There's a great um, Chrissy Hines song from The Pretenders, My City Was Gone. Chrissy Hine, let me tell you something and, about Chrissy Hine. Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. Carry on, carry, carry on. Yeah, no, just, but just, it just, you know. I went back to Ohio and my city was gone. I mean, like it, things change. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. She's talking Tell about. Me that song, what's it called? Uh, my city was gone. I love Christian. Christian yeah. come come to our us in the uh, in the uh, late eighties, and she done a she worked with us. So you'll call. Funny enough, yeah. She made she made a she made a record, a song called um, "Give Me Sense of Purpose." Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gary Stretch was a fighter at the time. Yeah. Southport, tall, yeah. rangy. Super middleweight, ended up fighting Chris Eubank, uh -huh. I believe, senior. Uh -huh. My dad trained um, Gary, uh -huh. and uh, they ended up uh, collaborating and doing a doing a doing a song. And me, my dad, and Gary was in the uh, music video. How cool was that? And she was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, she loved boxing. She loved the uh, York Hall and and all of that. The bagel shop. Well, she had the bagel <laughs> shop. Is it? Man, I love yeah. that spot. She's a. She has a lot of history here in England, along yeah, with the yeah, Sex Pistols yeah, yeah. and the whole, the whole, yeah. that whole history. But quite yeah, an she, amazing musician. She, she come to the fight actually. Uh, 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 she was with a she was with a guitarist out of a big band. She was married to him, Jim Kerr. Mm, the name mm, was I don't know if you remember him, Jim Kerr. Forget the name of the band now. Really, really not you two, but someone, something like that. Anyway, yes, but yeah, Chris Yard was lovely. She was lovely. Yeah, I like that how music and. And boxing, you talk about the Stones, street fighting man. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. there's 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 always uh, crossovers. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's cool. We bring that up, talking about the the town Absolutely. changing, but you did something with her. Yeah. And talking about Canning Town, it makes me think about Charlie Duffield. How's he doing? Charlie Duffield, ah, oh, he's a lovely guy. He really is. He's lovely. He had a, he had a, he had a kid. He's got a, he's got about three or four kids. But I mean, he had another one recently. I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And do you know what, David? Only recently, um, he lost his mum. Oh, like, like terrible! Sorry to hear that. Ago. Yeah, shame. He lost his mum, but his little brother, uh, his little brother, uh, who's not really little, but he's uh, he's uh, a little bit disabled, but found his his mum dead. So oh. heartbreaking, heartbreaking. But Charlie's good. He'd love it. You asked about him. Yeah, I, I, I'm it. such a fan of him, man. Yeah, uh, big shout out to Charlie if you're watching, yeah. if you're listening. We miss you, brother. Hope you're well, and really sorry to hear about your loss, brother. Um, do you keep in touch with, with old fight like Dillian? You ever talk to Dillian? Do you know what? I've seen Dillian. Uh, I've seen him at this hotel uh, not too long ago. I bumped into him, I think, uh, a couple of times. But 
Um, no, we don't have a, we don't have any communication. But you know, he's a nice you know. I, I had my best times with Dillian White. Sure. Proper, proper, proper warrior, man. Yeah, he's a tough dude. Love going to war with Dillian White. Yeah, he's a love it. He's a tough guy. And he's a lovely, lovely person. And uh, we had some good times. I had eleven unbeaten wins with him. We got to pay per view world number one and uh covid come and uh you know shook things up a little bit but dillian white i've got a lot of fond fond memories uh with him one of my best memories in my boxing career i've got i've got to say his team were good we was in saudi together yeah i do saudi you was uh you was there yourself i do and that was my last fight with him but yeah we uh if i saw dillian now he's uh yeah of course i've Bumped into him from time to time and, and whatnot. Yeah. Saw Magic, Michael Magic Hands. He was, oh, he was wow. a good team member, you know, Magic. Yeah, sure. Yeah. See him today. That's great. Well, uh, I appreciate, I really appreciate you taking the time to just sit and talk with us. Um, we do have some fan questions. Are you going to answer a couple of those? I've got fans. I ain't got fans of mine. <laughs> yep. We've got fan questions. Give me a second because I got to read these and see. Uh, let's see here. I'm sorry I got a bit emotional talking about it. I don't know why no, I'm okay. talking about certain things. Family, <laughs> man, and, and sure things of the past can be tough. Okay. All right. Let's see. All right. Gary Leahy asks, do you ever keep in touch with Dillian? I saw you put up an old picture on social recently of you both. I guess yeah, you answered yeah. that. But I like to go through some old stuff and old photos of that. I go through it from time to time. Yeah, I, um, I think I might have tweeted him from time to time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's Dillian, great. Dillian's a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. Yeah. All right. Um, Ronnie O'Shea asks, is Tibbs Gym at capacity? Do you have time for more fighters to join the stable, or do you take it on a case-by-case -case basis? Depends who they are and what they bring to the table. <laughs> okay. No, no. What I'm saying is I'm full at the minute, but, you know, always open to uh, to good prospects or fighters. Yeah. Is there, is there something in a fighter? I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but like, you know, fighters are all different. Yeah. Obviously. Styles, mentalities. But like, is there something that you, makes you say, like, when you take on certain fighters, is there a certain trait that you like and you think, I could really work with this person? Or sometimes you see a good fighter, but you're like, we're just not a good. Yeah, I can't, I can't work with anyone, you know? I've got to see. I've got to see a purpose and yeah. potential. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, I have to see purpose and potential. Yeah. Yeah. I won't. I, you know, it's, it's my business. It, yeah. I'm in the boxing business. I'm a That's trainer, right. professional right. trainer. So, so yeah, I have to. Uh, I have to. You know, I have to see, see, um, see, see an end goal sort of thing, or you know. And how many do? You, how many fighters do you feel that is 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 about the number that you want to kind of be at? Well, you know what? It, it's very. It's really easy work. Well, I don't mean easy work, but it's, I've done it for such a long time now. You know, you get to know uh, who's 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 priority. Yeah. At a certain time. Yeah. Date pending, whatever dates are. You know what I mean? The dates, the dates. Yeah. And uh, you know, you can't overstretch yourself. Sure. You, sh you can't overstretch yourself because you're going to water down your 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 qualities. That's right. And people ain't going to get the best of you. And you ain't going to get the best out of them. Sure. So yeah, so I know me, I know me limits, but. Um, yeah, but uh, I got a good, I got a good prospect now. Actually, he's a middleweight. His name Joel Bartel. I yeah. had him. I so I had him. I used him for sparring when he's 14 years old, so fit. But I couldn't use him for that long because he wasn't a man. But 
he's come back to me now. Twenty, he's twenty, uh, he's twenty-one years of age. Punch with both fans, box fire. Quite, really a quiet person, but absolutely comes alive when he fights. Yeah, punish body puncher. Well, chin. I just hope one of the big promoters sign him up soon. You know what I mean? He's very, very, very good. We'll keep our eyes out for him. Joe Bartel, middleweight. All right, final question here is from Joby underscore 14 underscore 14. He asks, you seem a boxing nut, but what do you do away from boxing to unwind? I know you have a family, for starters. I've got a young son, Mark Abraham Tibbs, and uh, he's eight years old. And uh, I never had him until I, like I was 40, 46 years of age. Me and my wife, my wife's two years younger than me, so we had him very, very late as boxing took up my life. And so, you know, so so my son keeps me uh, active. He's, uh, he's, he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I want to cry when I think about it. That's <laughs> lovely. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. That's great, man. That's great. Mark, thank you so much, brother. Cheers, David. Yeah, it's always such a pleasure. And... Uh, Everybody, tune in this weekend, live on Zone world title triple header, the Romford Bull also, yeah. but uh, Sonny Edwards defends his IBF Flyweight Championship of the world, and uh, that's a wrap for Matchroom yeah, Radio with David Diamante. <laughs>